Welcome to Ed Leader with your host, Dr. Rob Jackson. Join Dr. Jackson for conversations and reflections on improving educational leadership from the classroom to the boardroom and beyond. Educational leadership is an ever-evolving opportunity to make a real and lasting difference in the lives of students, parents, and the community. And now, here's your host, Dr. Rob Jackson. Hi, friends. Welcome to the latest episode of the Ed Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Jackson, and I want to thank you for spending time with me today. The Ed Leader Podcast has taken off in ways that I could not have dreamed of. Recently, it was selected as one of the first podcasts to be offered by Amazon Music. The number of listeners across the country and around the world is outstanding as we continue to grow as Ed Leaders. Please allow me to give a special shout-out to our newest listeners from Boardman, Oregon, Norton Shores, Michigan, Corinth, Mississippi, Chandler, Arizona, and Carlsbad, California. Internationally, welcome to our new listeners from Perth, Australia, Tokyo, Kishi-Al-de-France, and Damon, North Holland. I certainly also want to thank all of the listeners in my home state of North Carolina. On today's episode, I want to get right to the core of the work of protecting the health and safety of students, teachers, and staff. Nothing is more important as an ed leader. There is no greater priority than keeping our students and staff members safe. This year, as we approached the new school year, in our state of North Carolina, we received two comprehensive guidance documents. One, titled Strong Schools North Carolina, a public health toolkit for grades kindergarten through 12th grade, came from the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services. The second, titled Lighting Our Way Forward, came from the North Carolina Department of Public Instruction. I'll provide links to the two documents on the podcast webpage. In the documents, based on our governor's orders, each school and school system was instructed to plan for three different scenarios. Plan A, titled Minimal Social Distancing, Plan B, which is Moderate Social Distancing, and Plan C, which is Exclusively Remote Learning. As we moved into July, the governor of North Carolina gave school systems the opportunity to select either Plan B or Plan C. Again, Plan C is all learners learning remotely. Plan B is really a hybrid plan. The Carteret County Public Schools Board of Education selected for our school system Plan B. Plan B involves students attending school two days a week and learning remotely three days a week. Parents also have the option of allowing students to attend remotely throughout the week full-time. To create this new hybrid model and each of the plans for each of the three scenarios, we brought together seven committees made up of over 76 faculty and staff members from our school system. They included bus drivers, child nutrition workers, teachers, principals, assistant principals, central services employees, employees from the transportation department, and so on and so on. Each brought a very valuable perspective and added their voice to the planning process. We were able to open under Plan B, the hybrid plan, and have been in school for about six weeks. 
key to that is our work with student and staff health and wellness. That involves wellness checks and ensuring that we're maintaining social distancing of at least six feet apart, face coverings being required for students and staff, hand sanitizer throughout the building, an emphasis on hand washing, and ongoing disinfection of high-touch surfaces throughout the building. Key to all of this work have been our school nurses. Early in the summer, I invited all of the school nurses in the school system to sit down with me to work through the plans that were being created, to share their concerns, to give their guidance as we moved in to this brand new way of operating schools. They were absolutely instrumental to me as an ed leader, to me as a superintendent, and to our school system as we planned our way forward. Recently, our Board of Education had the opportunity to determine if they would like to move our elementary schools to Plan A, where all students in elementary school could attend school five days a week, full-time together. In helping the board prepare for that decision, I sat down again with our nurses and talked to them about their feedback. School nurses have truly been outstanding leaders in this moment for schools and school districts and certainly have been for me as an ed leader. Today, I'm excited to share with you a conversation I had with one of our incredible school nurses. Her name is Jessica Sharon. She serves as the school nurse for White Oak Elementary School. Please allow me to introduce to you one of my heroes, Nurse Sharon, and through her, all of her colleagues. Certainly, I want to take a moment to say thank you to school nurses. Let's get to it. Hi. Have you had any close contact with anyone in the last 14 days that has been diagnosed with COVID-19 or has any health department or health care provider been in contact with you and asked you to quarantine? No, ma'am. Since the last time you were at school, have you had any of the following symptoms? Fever? chills, shortness of breath, difficulty breathing, new cough, or a new loss of taste or smell? No, ma'am. And since you were last at school, have you been diagnosed with COVID-19? No, ma'am. All right, I'm going to check your temperature. Very good. Excellent. With me is one of our incredible school nurses, Miss Jessica Sharon. Miss Sharon, thank you for spending a few moments with me. Ms. Sharon, serving as one of our school nurses here at White Oak Elementary School, has been among our leaders in helping us ensure that we're doing everything we can to keep our students and staff members safe. What you have just heard is a wellness check. Before our students come into the building or any of our staff members come into the building, they go through that same screening every single day. Before they get onto the school buses, they also have a screening. How are those screenings going, Ms. Sharon? I feel like they're going well. Um, at first, it took a little time to get used to uh, reading the script. I think a lot of our parents are getting comfortable with what the questions are, so they anticipate what the answer would be in advance, so that helps to move things along. Excellent. Ms. Sharon, if someone had a temperature as you check the temperature, what would happen then? As soon as we noted somebody had a temperature, whether that was at the bus stop or here at school, if you're at the bus stop, we have you go back and not load the bus. We don't want you to get on the bus if, we, if there's any reason that you um, shouldn't be allowed on. So we would contact the school to let them know so we could reach out to that parent to follow up. If it were here at school, it depends on the school's process as to how they handle that. Here, we go out, 
we check out to see what's going on. It could be that it was a really hot day and that we needed to give it a few minutes, let the air condition cool us off a bit and recheck it. But we take those steps with, so that the person isn't allowed in the, in the building. Absolutely. Those wellness checks are incredibly critical. Also critical are the three W's. And one of the things I've been very impressed with is all of our students and staff members who are really doing a great job with the three W's. Share with us, what are the three W's? So the three W's, we want you to wash your hands, wait six feet, wash, wait, Put me on spot here. And wear a mask. And wear a mask. <laughs> Should have been an M. <laughs> exactly. You know, the, the truth is, Ms. Sharon, we've been wearing these masks since, well, well back into the summer. And certainly every day that school has been open, we almost get to the point that we don't notice it anymore. And, you know, early on, we were somewhat concerned about whether or not our students would do well with the mask. How are the students reacting here at White Oak Elementary School in terms of wearing their mask? So we've gotten great feedback as far as the kids' ability to wear them. I have a 10-year-old myself. I was concerned that she'd be able to wear it all day. And we actually, even now, when we're going places at home, she'll continue wearing it even past the point where she has to because she said she's just gotten so used to it, it doesn't bother her anymore. And you know, I'm seeing that throughout the school system, whether it's in our elementary schools, our middle schools, or our high schools, our students and staff members are doing an incredible job wearing their masks. Now they're allowed to take a quick mask break. How does that work, Ms. Sharon? So each school has something set up different for that, but when you are six feet away, you're able to take a break. Either you're at your desk and we're able to ensure that everybody's at their own area and not crossing into your six feet of space, or even when you have an outside opportunity to make that happen. And even though it's a quick mask break, I think our students and staff members really enjoy that moment that they're able to take off the mask just for that quick break. They can also, of course, take their mask off when they're having lunch or perhaps sure. engaged in physical activity, as I understand. Yes. Our school nurses have done a wonderful job with giving feedback as the school system has worked through the various transitions we've gone through reopening schools as we've returned to learn in the 2020-2021 school year. Recently, our governor, Governor Roy Cooper, gave school systems the opportunity to consider transitioning to Plan A for elementary schools, allowing all of our elementary students to return to five days a week face-to-face -face learning. And so what that means is that some things will be changing for us. Our board did approve that and on October 19th and our school system will go to plan A. So what are some of the things that'll stay the same first, Ms. Sharon? What stays the same for us under plan A in terms of what we're currently doing? So plan A stays the same in that everybody continues to wear their mask. We're continuing washing hands and good hand sanitizing. We're continuing with the cleaning processes that are already in place. We're continuing with waiting six feet apart where that's possible. We're continuing not doing the things that would put a lot of people in one place at one time. I think the key differences for me that I noted were in the classroom, we're gonna allow for more students to be in there. So it may be that in the classroom, we're not guaranteed the six feet that we were in plan B. Also on the bus, there's gonna be some changes as to the number that can be in each seat. So those were the key differences that I saw. All of the other items are gonna be staying the same and even improved on if we're able to do that. 
Absolutely. And so we're not changing the wellness screen. We're still going to remain six feet apart in any of our public areas, in our hallways, cafeteria, any of the areas we might meet. But as you shared, in the classroom, we could be within six feet. On the school bus, we could be within six feet, depending on the bus route. And I guess where that really may come into play is the concept of close contacts. I know that our school nurses are in almost daily contact and sometimes multiple times a day with our local health department, the Carteret County Health Department, who've been phenomenal to work with. They've done such a great job, I think, and really helping us in this moment. And so let's kind of back up. If you learned that an individual in the school had tested positive for COVID-19, what steps as a school nurse do you take at that moment? So each person that has a diagnosis of COVID, it's a unique situation. So what we do is contact the health department immediately. They help us to walk through that person's day based on whether they had symptoms or whether it was just a test that was positive to determine how far back we need to trace to see if anyone was in within that 15 minute window within six feet of them. So they assist the person in walking through their day to help determine um, who they may have been in close contact with. So like you said, it's a very individual situation. And so you might think back to when you're in the classroom, if you had gotten in close proximity with someone, if you had ridden in the same car with someone or on the bus, who you would have been close with. And so you mentioned that magic window. And let's talk about that for just a moment. So as I understand, the way the health department defines a close contact, which would mean someone who would have to quarantine for 14 days, I believe, is within six feet for a cumulative 15 minutes. What, is, what does that mean, that cumulative 15 minutes? So over the period of time that the health department helps us to identify that that person could have been contagious, if along in that time frame, someone was in close contact within the six feet for a cumulative time of 15 minutes. So if you saw that person 10 minutes one day and another 10 minutes another day, those times together, of course, would be over your 15 minute mark. I see. And so one of the reasons that we've been waiting six feet apart in Plan B throughout the building, including our classrooms and buses, is that we do need to maintain that six feet. Under Plan A, we certainly want our parents to be able to make an informed decision. and We could be within six feet, and so then we would be more than 15 minutes, we'd presume, over the course of a school day. Now that doesn't mean in the public areas, we'll still be six feet apart and we'll still be washing our hands and wearing our masks, but certainly that could happen. And so I wonder, Ms. Sharon, really, as you think back to this summer, I had the opportunity to meet with our school nurses who, by the way, are just absolutely phenomenal. I so appreciate our school nurses. And we sat down and we began to talk about what this year might look like and the procedures we needed to put in place and really planning how this year would go. Here we are now six weeks into the year. And so really thinking about when we started back in July and that meeting we all had together to this moment, how do you think we're doing? So I think for everyone involved, it was probably a pretty scary time to think about what something we had never had to deal with ever really would look like how the processes would come together, how um, entry into school would happen, how 
um, the school day would go with the students having and the adults having to wear masks. And I would say it's going much better than anybody maybe could have even anticipated now that we've seen it in action. I know the health department brought up that things change all the time. That's right. I feel like that's been a tough part of all of this, the uncertainty of what's going on. But we're all learning to be flexible. We're all learning about guidance and policies and procedures. And so it's been an adventure. It has been an adventure. That's the perfect (laughs) description. It has been an adventure. You mentioned the word flexible, and we've certainly been required to be very flexible. And I'm so appreciative of our, our nurses, our staff members, our teachers, our administrators, because they've been flexible. We're also appreciative of our parents and students because they've been incredibly flexible. The other word I would probably add to that is the word grace. We certainly have needed a lot of grace as we've gone through so many changes and we've seen so much grace being extended and so we appreciate that. I want you to know that incredible school nurses like Ms. Sharon are doing everything they can to take care of our students and staff and to help us with great guidance. The health department has been absolutely outstanding with all that they've done for us and their leadership. We certainly appreciate them because as Nurse Sharon said, Every single situation is unique. Every individual, it's a little different, and so we know you've got to make the best decision that you possibly can. Ms. Sharon, thank you for spending time with me. Thank you for this incredible work you're doing every single day. We very much appreciate you and your colleagues. I hope that you enjoyed our time today with Nurse Sharon. As she shared, it's been an adventure, and it certainly has been an adventure, and the adventure continues. As we move forward, I know that our school nurses will continue to give us great advice. Ed leaders everywhere are well served by looking to the professionals for their leadership in this moment. I hope you'll take a moment to share your feedback about the Ed Leader podcast. You can follow Ed Leader on Twitter. Facebook, and Instagram. You can also find show notes at drrobjackson.com. Thank you for spending time with me today, and thank you for all that you do for every student, every teacher, and every staff member. You are making a difference. If no one else has told you, I want you to know that I believe in you. Good day. Thank you for listening to the Ad Leader Podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast and consider leaving a review with five stars on Apple Podcasts so that we may continue to grow the Ed Leader community. We hope that you have enjoyed your time with Dr. Jackson. Until next time.